This is Andrew Sahak from Life Was Peachy, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Ryan M. Brewer. Michael fucking Malone. <laughs> What's up, bud? Nothing, man. How are you? Uh, I'm good. 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 So today I thought I would see if you were interested in getting high and talking about science. I mean, uh, I live in Indiana. So where you, it's you don't illegal. have either. You don't have weed or science. <laughs> where it's illegal to do either of those things. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, it's going to be a little, I'm, I'm in, I would be engaging in, uh, were I to hypothetically agree to this journey, I'd be engaging sure. in a lot more clandestine activities than you. Yeah, this is two felony charges there in Indiana. Yeah, it is. It is. It <laughs> certainly is. Well, I've got this, uh, I've got this bowl packed here and, uh. I, oh, by all means, don't let, don't let my illegality stop you from partaking. Oh, never, never. Blast off. You know, I did uh, getting dug with high, and uh, uh, a lot of the comments about my appearance were that uh, I wasn't getting high on the show, that I was faking it, and I don't. That offended me because I was smoking out of a fucking rubber ducky, and uh, let me just say something. <laughs> That rubber ducky got me the highest I'd ever been, <laughs> and I I just wasn't smoking uh, uh, at the pace of the other guest and Doug. Doug yeah, was man. Doug had a uh, um, I think at one point in that episode he had a, a menorah, and he was smoking, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he would he would hit all eight in a row. Uh, I was not on that level. I had a couple that of hits is, the is, duck, and I that's was extremely Jewish of him. Yes, I was on the fucking moon, dog. Um, I have a funny. Uh, I have I have never done the podcast getting Doug with high. Right. I have, however, gotten accidentally drunk next to Doug. Have oh. I ever told you that story? <laughs> no. I thought you were just going to say I got high with a guy named Doug. <laughs> with a guy named Doug. <laughs> you know what? Doug didn't have the fancy Jewish accoutrement. <laughs> but Doug knew how to get down. No, uh, I got drunk next to Doug once of getting Doug with high fame. Uh, I can't remember what year it was. It was probably eight or nine years ago, I guess. I was in Bloomington, Indiana, because uh, Shooter Jennings was playing a show at the Bluebird. Okay. My buddy Jake was like, let's go see Shooter. And I'm like, fuck yeah. It was like 20 bucks or something, like all the great Bloomington Bluebird shows are. So we go down there, and um, we're we're just kind of standing there at the back, 
you know, being pompous assholes like you do, you know, just stand there being like, this is, yeah. this is really good. I mean, you can tell how much I'm enjoying this by how I'm standing stone footed in the back of the room with my arms crossed, you know, yeah, that kind of judgmental enjoyment of music where we're like, yeah, this is even better than all the rest of these dummies even realize how good it is. Right. Like we're, we're able to really, we're comprehend pros. How, we're able to really comprehend how good this show is. You so just mere assholes. mortals will never understand the music at this level. <laughs> They'll never really comprehend it. Like, you know. You're just listening to the music. I'm living it. You can you can show a dog a painting. <laughs> but is it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can show a dog a painting might be my new favorite phrase. <laughs> so... We're standing oh, there with our arms crossed, and a pair of crossed arms come up next to me. My, my buddy Jake's on one side, and on the other side, a pair of crossed arms in a black leather jacket. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this fucking asshole, he knows where it's at. He's doing the same <laughs> thing we're doing. And I turned to the right, and I realized it was Doug. Yeah, that asshole was, like, was Doug. And I just kind of looked up and was like, oh, hey, man. And he goes, hey. And then we did that, like, where you kind of point at the show right. and kind of make a half kissing face and then kind of move your head side to side where you're like, this is fucking cool, you know, like, mm, yeah, this is neat <laughs> to each other. And that was it. And then I proceeded to to, to drink my drinks and stand there next to Doug I'd like, watching Shooter Jennings play an awesome fucking show. I'd like to alter I'd like to alter the phrase and use it back to you and say, you can show a Doug a painting. <laughs> You can show a Doug a painting. But that doesn't really mean that you're getting Doug with high. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, just because yeah. Doug looked at your painting. Yeah, that's not. that doesn't count. Just because Doug watched you inhale on a rubber ducky doesn't mean you got You can show Doug a high. Doug a ducky, but that doesn't prove that you're Can high. you de- teach a duck to Dougie? Can you teach it? <laughs> hey, man, the weed works. Uh, that's what I say to my girlfriend when we smoke and I get real high. I'm like, hey, man, the weed works. The, the, the weed works. <laughs> in case you were wondering. I don't, know if you were, I don't know if you were worried about it. If you were, if you wanted to check in real quick, the weed, oh, it's working. I had a buddy who used to always say, uh, hey, just let me test that and make sure it's all right. <laughs> it was just always this thing. It was real subtle. He did it every single time. Yeah. And it got to a point where you didn't notice it. And then new people would come around the group. And he'd do it, and they'd be like, ha, 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 And you'd remember all over again how funny that was. Yeah. Yeah. DJ, let me test that real quick. DJ had sure many okay. of those phrases. One that sticks yeah. with me that I've picked up throughout the years is whenever I see a crow, I'll say, hello, crow. Because DJ <laughs> says hello to crows all the time. And I've <laughs> adapted that for some odd fucking reason. Now I cannot go with It's like some weird habit. And then I picked up. And now every time I see, I'm like, hello, crow. Hello, crow. He says my because. Little uh, sister, my little sister drives by and screams, hey, cows. To cows. <laughs> drive by cows. He says it's because uh, crows actually remember your face. No shit. Yeah, crows can I remember think, people's faces. I think I faces. was aware vaguely that crows are like uncomfortably smart. Yeah, yeah. And so he's always like, hello, crow. <laughs> and the crow's like, what's up, guy who says hi to me? The rest of these people walk by like <laughs> I don't even exist. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Treat me like I some kind of city bird. Face. 
some kind I think, of I think maybe street pigeon. The, and this is this is the subtlety of a DJ uh, DJ joke. Mm-hmm. I think maybe he's saying that if you say hi to them, they'll remember your face. Oh yeah, that might. be. But yeah. only if you say hi to them. <laughs> Dude, this there was thing a point with in time. I can. <laughs> I I do want to talk about science, but can can we just spend a little bit of time of talking about how great DJ Dangler is? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, in in vain of your uh, you can show a dog a painting thing. One of the things yeah. that I always remember DJ saying because uh, he's always a smarter comic. He always had these really great fucking bits that were just like way mm-hmm. above people's reading levels, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he told me one time in the green room, he said, I'm so sick of throwing meat to dogs. I want to start throwing fish to seals. And that has oh, forever shit. lived on in me about audiences and about doing these shitty Friday night shows where everybody's drunk and they're like, just talk about your dick. And it's like, yeah, I'm yeah. sick of throwing fucking meat to dogs. Yeah. I want to I want to start throwing fish to seals. It's beautiful. Because there's an ele- there's kind of an element there to where the seal has to work at it a little bit to deserve it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you don't throw a fish to a seal if it doesn't like clap its fins together first. Right. You know what I'm saying, and it's just a little bit more eloquent. It's not. It's not a. It's yeah. You're throwing meat to fucking I dogs. I mean, imagery, dude. imagery wise, it's a nicer image. But I think yeah. there's also a second level of. There was a DJ. There's also a second level of DJness involved in that. <laughs> there was a time where DJ Danglerness. Uh DJ started this new thing where he already was like mad at the crowds for being dumb. And he started this new thing where he just You didn't need dumb on the end of that sentence. Yeah. He was already just, <laughs> he started. was always mad at the crowds for being. They were just <laughs> They were just there being, and, he was mad. and it just pissed him off. Oh, uh, but he would uh he so he started to then uh act on that anger and he started just telling audiences how dumb they were. And that period of time is my best uh, DJ experience. I loved it so much because he would literally go on stage and then he would pick somebody in the audience and explain the joke to them. (laughs) And it was so shitty and so funny every fucking time. And then he would sometimes he would even, you know, do a couple jokes and then go back to the same guy and be like, do you still not get that other joke? Okay, look. (laughs) And he would fucking do joke again to the guy only slower <laughs> i fucking miss doing comedy with dj he was always so much fun to watch dude he's a he's a man when we did uh comedy i've circus. never hung out with him oh when i felt like he was glad i was there oh me neither but, every, <laughs> and I but yet <laughs> and then the second sentence the second part of the sentence is but yet every time I've ever hung out with him, it's because he made it happen. Yeah. So that's how you know. Like, like he just, like, called me out of nowhere. He's like, hey, I'm doing this dead comics party like we do. Yeah. We'd like to have a band. Would you like to play? And I'm like, okay, well, he must kind of enjoy that I'm around <laughs> if he's the one that keeps making it happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the, the dude he is. You're always sitting there going, like, man, I feel like an inconvenience to you. Yeah. And it's hilarious, when we, and it's always funny. When we did uh, Comedy Circus, which is like this variety sketch show that we were doing um, for a little while, uh, we would do a, we'd write a whole new live show every month. 
And it was Warren Hall, myself, and DJ Dangler, and we would do it at Morty's. But then we started expanding because we were selling tickets and this and that, and we would, like, shoot sketches, and then we would do live sketches, mixed in, and we'd have stand-ups and all that stuff come on the show. Super fun time. And yeah. uh, we started to branch out, and more people wanted to do the show because we were packing the house, of course. And so people were like, I want to get on that show. So yeah. DJ and I came up with this rule that Warren fucking hated and was against. If you wanted to do a guest spot on Comedy Circus, you had to wear roller skates. <laughs> and we didn't tell him this part, but DJ would dress up like Jesus Christ <laughs> I swear to you, he would dress like Jesus Christ and he would come out with a whipped cream pie and pie you in the face at the end of your set and walk. And he would never <laughs> say anything. And at one time in Dayton, Ohio, we had two guest spots, which we never do. And I, <laughs> I was bringing the guy off stage. The second comic in DJ's already been out once and had the pie and the crowd went yeah. insane and all this yeah. shit person almost fell off their fucking skates all this crazy shit so as i'm bringing out the second guy or or bringing them down off stage i just did their set and and dj comes running out with the pie to hit them as well and i go oh my god it's the second coming of christ (laughs) we're all so lucky to witness this it's the second coming (laughs) oh my god yeah we had a lot of fun doing that that's fantastic. DJ and I would get high, and one of our favorite things to do, which we tried to pitch us as a TV show, was uh, we tried to we would mystery uh, theater, uh, mystery science three, uh, mystery science theater, science. theater. <laughs> three thousand uh-huh. um, nature shows. So we would watch yeah. that uh, Planet Earth, you know, and all that that mm-hmm. series. But we would get super high, and then we would just yeah. like talk you know talk over it make voices random facts Uh all that stuff um that was always our favorite thing to do dude when when uh when dangler um asked me to come do that dead poets uh or dead comics thing yeah uh i was like well it'd be funny if everybody in the band dressed up like a dead musician and then we came out and did our songs. And we won't do any covers or anything. We'll do That's like cool. original tunes. Yeah. But we'll all be dressed as a dead musician. Right. Um so our drummer was was a Van Zant from uh from Skinnerd. And uh we had a, a female singer who came as Amy Winehouse. And then I played bass that night and I came uh as as <laughs> Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Oh yeah. So we're like a sports bra and everything. <laughs> like, Don't worry, I didn't I didn't do any kind of face coloring of any kind. Uh just the sports bra. So you didn't fully commit. Okay. I didn't fully commit to the to the bit. No. Um but then uh um the guitar player uh was was Conway Twitty. And so <laughs> we had Dangler introduce us. And so all of us came out except for except for my buddy who was the guitar player. And I was like, he's he's not going to come out unless you do the thing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fuck it, Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. <laughs> make sure walking out. <laughs> oh, that's so great. <laughs> I love so that. Funny. DJ yeah. used to, this is my last DJ story, because it's just reminded me of um, when you brought up intros. 
DJ yeah. for a long time um, would do comedy guns. And I'm not yeah. talking about... So he would literally... They would introduce him, right? And now I come to say, DJ Dangler, and he would come out from the from wherever, like side of the crowd, whatever, the entering the stage, yelling yeah. and screaming, woo, yeah, woo, <laughs> and kicking his feet in the air. And he's six, three, six, four. Yeah, right. Huge, huge 200 guy. pound, you know, two, 300 yeah. pound dude, you know, six, yeah. four. Woo, yeah. And he could high kick. So he could like, he's one of these tall guys that can kick as high as he can reach. And yeah. so he's like, woo, yeah. And he would be shooting his finger guns in the air. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> And I, it got to the point, there was a few nights we were on tour because he used to open for me and we used to, you know, travel yeah. around. And so he would, uh, he told me one night in the green room, this is how it all started. He goes, he goes, I'm going to see how long I could do that for. And I was <laughs> like, what do you mean? I was like, just the comedy guns? He's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do it until they fucking hate me. <laughs> this guy did comedy guns. It felt like four or five minutes one night, like literally just walking around the stage. Woo! Yeah! Comedy! Can you imagine watching that for four fucking minutes? But then, it's, then he started just being like, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. And, he, <laughs> and crowds that he hated, he would do it longer, and he would tell me, he's like, oh, these guys are getting comedy guns the whole time. <laughs> like, you got a 20-minute set. He's like, ah, oh, fuck them. I'm, I'm blowing the voice out oh, tonight. I'm going to have nothing left after all these comedy guns. And sometimes he would just do, like, if the crowd, if he liked the crowd, he would bring back the comedy guns. So he would do it up front for an odd amount of time to where they hated him and then loved him again. And then yeah. he would do jokes. And then when a joke would be a killing, he would start it up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> comedy. <laughs> Fucking miss doing shows with him. God damn it. Uh, second thing I wanted to talk about. Other than Dangler? Other than Dangler. This bleeds uh -huh. perfectly in. Is the, You were talking about of the course. dead comic shows and this and that. I want to talk about death. And that is the science okay. part of the, uh, of the show I want to okay. talk about. So you chose the one thing that science doesn't know about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Insert All right. weed. <laughs> let's start let's start there all right let's start with we have no answers <laughs> i want to talk about build. science but in the context of something that science cannot figure out <laughs> yes <laughs> all right here's the deal uh my girlfriend and i started watching that uh, we well we didn't start to watch it we just put it on because we were didn't know what else to put on i don't want to say we yeah. were invested in this because it's terrible uh, that uh, that new thing on Netflix that uh, what happens after we die? Oh, I, I no, I don't. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't had the pleasure. And this thing's only been on for like three or four days, and it's like this documentary style show of like what happens after we die. Dude, quarantine is fucking with people. It you know how you know how <laughs> Netflix sends you those emails that's like you might it's like, like this. here. Here are the top 10 things being viewed in your state right now. Mm -hmm. Do you get those? Like in Indiana, here are the top 10. And it, like number seven was like 17 again, that Zac Efron yeah. movie from 2000. I was like, that cracked the top 10. Yeah. <laughs> people are 
People are losing it a little bit, man. Oh, anytime that Cobra Kai is in the top five, we've got a real problem in America. Am I, dude? I, I to, to for a brief callback that we're going to have to call back again here in a few minutes, <laughs> but I just want to say it so I don't forget. Yeah, I have re I have since revisited the Save by the Bell. Yes, um, yes. reboot, and it's fucking funny. I'll die on this hill. I've decided <laughs> it's a fucking funny show. I've decided. It's really I, I've funny. I've thought about it. I've talked it over. I've decided. I've really, I've done a lot of digging. I've done a lot of soul searching, Malone. And you know what? God damn it. That show's funny. All right. It's funny. All right. So it's fucking funny. This show starts. Anyways. This, this documentary. So what happens after, after you die? You die. <laughs> It starts out great. It starts out with this woman drowning in a river, which always a plus, right? Like a live, a live stream, <laughs> or, or is yeah, this a pantomime? It's act? one of the experiments they run to really figure out what happens after you die. We drowned we a woman in a, river. a bunch of bitches. <laughs> no, it has this girl, this woman, and she's like. Uh, you know, ten years ago, I was on a kayaking trip, and I my I went. My friend was in front of me. They blocked the entrance to this waterfall, and my boat had to take an alternate route, which took me down the waterfall. <laughs> and you're watching this, and you're like, Jesus Christ! And there's footage and all of like her GoPro, and you're like, Holy shit! And she's like this really harrowing. So this tale. is this is not like. Unsolved mysteries, no. bad reenactments. This is real footage of this, this lady drowning. GoPro as she's Washed going she over this fucking waterfall, and you're oh, like, "Holy man. shit!" Uh, to talk about opening with your closer, right? So, <laughs> like every great performer, so uh, she fuck. So this thing is she. Uh, the kayak goes over the waterfall. It turns over. She said she's overturned and. Her legs are broken and they're jammed up into this kayak in 10 feet deep of water. And then she starts going on this like this afterlife journey of like, and then okay, I, so, yeah. I saw a light and it was, yeah, I yeah. walked towards it. And you're like, all right, okay, yeah, I'm in. Right, and she yeah. talks about like, I mean, I felt so comfortable and I, everything was calming and I really wasn't. You know, I, I wasn't panicking about being in the water and and you're like, okay. And then and then she's like, uh, so she starts talking about how she can now, there was se after several moments passed, she can now uh, see above the kayak and the river area. So now she can look down onto the crash site and she's seeing people try to dig her kayak out and they can't get to it. She was, bro. A, like 35 minutes, she was under this water and unconscious. What? And then she says, as they, 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 they gave up on her, like after like 10 or 15 minutes of trying to get to her, they were like, ah, she gone, dog. She's just drowned. And now. her life jacket was rolling down the river and somebody down river saw it and was like, oh, I bet her husband would love a souvenir. <laughs> They phrase it. They're like, I bet he would, he would love something. Remember her buy. So I'm going to go grab that life jacket. Surely the kayak rental place is not going to keep renting this cursed ass <laughs> fucking life your, jacket. Your fucking deposit back. Damage deposits gone after that. If your wife died in it. <laughs> 
So they're like, sure, he's going to want a... That's not a life jacket. That's a death jacket, my friend. <laughs> a memento to remember this <laughs> joyous afternoon. He's not going to want to forget this. No, you know, that's say. always weird. Like, if somebody... Like, imagine, like, your wife getting shot, and then somebody's like, well, here's the gun. Here's we the, thought here's you'd the... like to have it. <laughs> You're like, what? We... <laughs> or, like, her blight, like, the bloody clothes. <laughs> right. like, here. Uh, hard pass, dog. Thought you might want to commemorate this, this Yeah, what am I going to do, occasion? fucking frame this life vest? I'm going <laughs> to hang it over the mantle? It's going to get stuffed in the fucking garage because then I'm going to feel bad that I uh, wanted to throw it away. Fucking, you can't throw it away. It's your dead wife's. I'm going to put a fucking you plaque keep it, under what it? The fuck? Mommy's last I, adventure. I got news for you. I'm never going kayaking again. What <laughs> use do I have for this fucking life jacket? What the fuck am I supposed to do with this anti-life jacket? What life jacket? What am I supposed to do with this death jacket? Put it in the attic. And eventually her soul is going to leak out into the attic and then I got a haunted house. The fuck am I supposed to do then? I got kids. I got kids to think about. What's what's my daughter going to wear this this life jacket to prom? You selfish asshole. Right. To honor her mother? It was your mother. It was your mother. She'd want you to wear it to prom. She She would want you to wear it. Guess what? The fashion from Back to the Future came back into, into we just won. I, I it's your wedding day. Here's something old. It's your mother's <laughs> dead ass life jacket. It's your mother's death jacket. <laughs> anyway, technically, doctors say this is the strap that held her to the boat. So it's <laughs> technically your mother's murderer is what it is. It's your mother's. And I wanted you to have it on this your most momentous day. On this the first step uh, into you and your husband's life together, I wanted you to have the life jacket. Your mom died. We're going kayaking by. on our honeymoon, Dad. No! <laughs> I never told you this, but your mother died kayaking. What if he just kept it from them? <laughs> he held it Until inside. after he gave you the life jacket? Yeah. You know, that's a weird thing to give yeah. me of moms, but okay. okay All right. Sure. Oh, is- by the way. <laughs> Your mom died while kayaking. Anyway, see ya. <laughs> Gotta catch my flight. <laughs> Happy life. So the guy goes, he jumps in the river for the for the life vest, the anti-life vest. And then he feels something nudging against him. And guess what? It's fucking Susan. Susan's back, everybody. So he grabs her out of the water. Right, and they resuscitate her. He's like, her husband's gonna want this. <laughs> her husband's gonna want to keep this. <laughs> I brought you a souvenir. I brought you a souvenir. It's, it's your wife's corpse. It's you know, your, your wife. wife's bloated corpse. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ! Lord. We can't, oh, I don't Lord. think we should be able to legally smoke and talk. <laughs> on this show things got real dark real quick so so, okay so uh they they're resuscitating her she's talking about watching them do all of this from uh from her floating above yeah time from from the in-between 
Dude, how slow did she have to be rising that she was under the water for 35 minutes? Right. And then she watched him resuscitate her. She's like, oh, my God, I, I forgot I was moving. This is so slow. What the shit? I thought it would be. I thought it would be kind of a whoosh, kind of like I would just kind of. But God damn, I've been walking toward this light for 47 <laughs> minutes now. How far? Well, it just keeps getting farther away. She's a kayaker, not a hiker. <laughs> So she I was uh, floating. I'd have been there by now. <laughs> she, I should have bought the fast pass. I should have paid the extra thirty dollars and bought the fast pass. So uh, okay, so here's the deal. But then they hit me with that thirty dollar uh, safety deposit for the life jacket, <laughs> which we're never getting back now. So here's the deal. She's talking about how warm and inviting and how peaceful and everything is. And then she talks about them resuscitating her and how she was kind of mad that she had to go back to her body. <laughs> She's like, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm forever grateful, but uh... how mad we, I think everybody who's had like this near death experience would be pretty pissed to be brought back because everybody talks about the same thing every fucking story you hear is like there was a bright light and i felt so you know yeah. and i didn't feel any fear there was nothing but life felt overwhelmed with love and joy and warmth and then it's like and then i woke up from on the surgery table and the with doctor three cracked ribs <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then i had to relearn how to walk that's what she said she goes they brought me back i months of like learning how to walk again and do I'm like fucking leave me in the river dude fucking oxygen deprivation to your brain is the wildest way to like die because it's like at the longer you're underwater your brain just starts to forget stuff your brain's like yeah we're not gonna need that anymore yeah we're not gonna need this anymore uh how to walk fuck that we're not gonna be doing that (laughs) where's our swim records why can't we find our swim records? Where the fuck is the swim folder? You remember where the swim folder is? <laughs> Time to enter the kachi. Then just kung kung. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Kung kung. Ding ding. But seriously, imagine ding, how ding. angry. I got to get out of here. Uh, I got bad news. <laughs> I got bad news. You're, uh, you're coming I back. To- I tossed out the walk folder when I thought we were dead a minute ago. <laughs> So it turns out we can't do that anymore. Your brain has to just have that meeting where it's like, all right, uh, let's do a quick uh, roll there's call. No, uh, there's no, uh, no two ways around it. We're going to have to just come out with it and let you guys know we made some mistakes. We made some, we made some mistakes. We panicked. <laughs> let's do it. We panicked. Everybody's going to suffer as a result. There's just no two ways around it. I got I to gotta just be honest. Let's do a quick roll call. Uh, chewing. Here. All right, good. Chewing's here. Okay. Uh, drinking. Here. All right, good. Drinking's here. All right, good. Uh, walking. <laughs> walking. Walking Phoenix? No, we know who he is. <laughs> the actual function of walking. Ah, fuck. Okay. All right. <clears throat> no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> I, 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 I think I saw him walking his ass to the parking lot with a pink slip is what I think I saw. All right, sense of humor's here. Sense you can keep those definitely here. You can keep those to yourself. <laughs> so 
she oh, talks shit. about this journey, right? Right. Which and I'm it's all warm in. and inviting and awesome. Is she, by the way, she's side fine. note, she's great. Is she a religious person? Uh, or was she at the time? No, but he, I'm going to lead into that. So she's fine now. <laughs> That's why we're obviously being dicks because she's, she's a fucking doctor. She's like, uh, yeah. everything's fine. She remembered it's how been, to walk. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's just like, she's good to go, dog. She has a great Somebody life. pulled the file folder for walking out of the fire and like <laughs> smacked it off it real <laughs> Oh no, wait, never mind. It, it's it's here. It's here. It's here. It's here. The crime scene investigators found it a couple weeks later. <laughs> um Okay, so I want to tap into two things here. Okay. Uh Okay, I guess I, I'll start here because the second one is a bigger conversation, which I want to get into, and this is what I want. This is what everything is leading up to. Okay, sorry, I'm high, so this, I have to like. This has been an unpack. elaborate bit. Yes, yes, this is what we call <laughs> the setup. <laughs> All right, we're still in the setup. We're still in the okay. setup. <laughs> I feel like I'm this lady just slowly rising out <laughs> above it. Like God, I've been rising for 45 you, minutes. You now. brought up religion, which is great because here's. Okay. Okay, here's where I I, I, I I was like, I'm out. Okay, so every story, of course, again, we've already covered bright light, felt warmth, bright light. love, joy, warmth. all that stuff. Yeah. As the show went on and they interviewed more and more people, it started leaning more and more towards religion where they were just like, I saw God, I knew Jesus was real, I knew that this was heaven, blah, blah, blah. Like, God mm-hmm. told me this wasn't my time, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. Then they get to this guy, and uh, and he's talking about you know his his uh, afterlife experience, and he he said he was dead for a little while, and uh, and he said all I saw was an ocean, and standing in that ocean water was my father, and I. Okay. Always had problems with my father. I I hadn't talked to him in years before he passed. We never got to patch things up. And then I saw him in the afterlife, and he was the only one there for me. And we hugged, and I told him I was sorry. We made up, and and I was so grateful for that. And then they brought me back to life, and blah, blah, blah. And now he's, like, super religious and all this shit. And I remembered... I hated that motherfucker. I got to punch my father one last time. (laughs) Then when they waked me back up, I realized I still hated that (laughs) some bitch. Here's my here's here's where my logical brain kicks in when it comes to fucking religion and all that shit, right? Mm -hmm. So here's where I use logic. Okay. Okay. And I go, this is a guy who clearly has had daddy issues for years and years and years, has had this built up resentment and regret that's lived inside him for years and years and years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now Mm -hmm. you're dead. You think you're going to die. So what's the last thing you're going to do? Oh, make up with daddy so you can relieve Mm -hmm. some of that fucking guilt and all that shit. Now, did you actually... See your dad in heaven and he forget? No. Did your mind tell you you did because you feel guilty about it for years and years and years? Yes. So I think that's what happened. Sorry, I got so shitty there. But that's what I First think of happened. All, I've seen how slowly this lady rose out of her body. There's no way your dad could get back from heaven just after seeing you die. There's right. no way. 
It's going to take a lot longer for <laughs> him to get back down. It's longer. the world's slowest escalator from heaven to here. It's yeah. super slow. Also, I think you're such a unique personality because you're the sa- <laughs> you're going to go- <laughs> you're going to go there's this show on Netflix <laughs> called What Happens After You Die. <laughs> and what they do is they take a bunch of people who died <laughs> and they ask them what happened after they died. <laughs> Doesn't that sound interesting? And then your girlfriend's like, yeah, that does sound interesting. You're like, I think so, too. Let's watch it. Then you press play, and the people are like, so after I died, I met God. And you're like, fucking bullshit. These fucking... I know it's so fucking pompous What did you think they were going to say? I know that. I know... the the soundtrack of the trailer would have been a little different if all of their stories were going to be like it was a nightmare it was just <laughs> fucking just torture and fire and brimstone it was terrible <laughs> would have been a very different lead up in right. the documentary if that was the story but the story was have you ever heard of you ever do you know much about DMT oh yeah yeah have you've never you've never done it i listen to run dmt all the time <laughs> run dmt <laughs> no i would never do D- here's the thing i can't do mushrooms and i also can't do dmt i would i would literally die that that's i i have or, or, or almost your grandma die. would bite your hand <laughs> here's the thing about me is one of the two i have that uh worry gene in me from my mother yeah, uh-huh. and uh, I know we can dissect this at another time. This whole idea of like, well, I, am I not think my if we mother, were gonna dissect you know? it, we would start off by using like some iodine to clean around the area, and the infection of the wound with that sentence is the worry gene. That's the <laughs> that's the point of infection, right? There. Yes, I'm. <laughs> that's saying where we got to dissect first. I realize. The- no, 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 no. I got the worry gene. <laughs> I don't think you know what you're talking about. I, they, yeah, that's how a normal person would behave, but not me. I got the worry gene. Yes. It's baked into my DNA. It's, it's baked into my habits, and I understand that we are not our habits. Yeah. I understand that I am not my mother, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. However, I, I grew up rooted in the idea of, like, my mother didn't like me driving a car when it was raining out. You were also raised by the elderly. Yeah, exactly. So my so this idea of going of from like unavoidable. being scared to drive when it's raining to the idea mm. of taking mushrooms or DMT to where you're fucking jump shot into a parallel universe universe of higher thinking and oneness of the like all that shit like there's a big gap there and I haven't done the proper uh, <laughs> work. <laughs> To get, you know, those steps have not happened yet. (laughs) If you look at my Apple Watch or my Fitbit, zero steps, dog. Zero. In that particular, on that particular journey, (laughs) zero steps. (laughs) Zero steps. So I just like when people are like, hey, man, mushrooms. I'm like, hey, man, I'm good. I'll pass. Hey, man. No thanks. Grandma bit dad. (laughs) Hey man, I'll pass. Hey man, I wasn't allowed to run the oven when my mother wasn't home. I can't do DMT with you. 
Because <laughs> mom's not home anymore. Because mom's not home. And guess what? Home. She's never going to be home. Didn't you see the life jacket? She's not coming back. She's, by my calculation, what has it been, 10 years? She's, She's almost about there. four miles above that river right now. <laughs> hey, oh, it's, it's great. You, you feel this overwhelming peace, but then it takes 14 years to float <laughs> to heaven. So honestly, by the time you get to heaven, you're over the peace. It's kind of, right, yeah, that's, the thing, that's the thing about infinity to me. You know, the, like just the idea of unending possibility. Right. Oh, well, that was the other thing right, a lot like, of these people like, talked about was like time like meant nothing. Like the, he, they could never tell what was a second, an hour, a minute. Like they had no idea what, what how to like grasp the idea of time. Yeah. Um, they just they talk about just this like uh, this infinity period like you're talking about. Also, side note, before we move on, I want to talk about this idea of of religion and how shitty i was about this guy and the <laughs> resentment and all that it's tied to this bigger idea of uh not believing in ourselves more and putting that belief and power into a fucking guy who lives in the sky right so here is my quick uh tutorial on uh why god's not real here it is <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> So we're why I'm watching. Why did this turn into a bad YouTube series? (laughs) And of course, now we start my short series entitled Why God is Not Real. Here it is. I, I was watching this documentary on Christianity a few years ago, and they. Now, this is- Do you want to learn if God's real or not? Spoiler alert, he's not. You want to learn why? <laughs> Got to pay ten ninety nine dollars for my thing. short tutorial series. Here's the thing. Why God's not real. I'm watching this documentary. They're interviewing all these people, of course, yeah. and they interview these two people that have, quote, unquote, been saved by God, right? And uh, one of them <laughs> okay. is this ex-hooker who uh, talks about was how saved she, by God. she was saved right. by God because she was, mm-hmm. she talks in her story about that. She has like this breakdown and she's like, I was sucking dick for like $10 in an alleyway. And I got tired of living that way. And I, I asked God, you know, like to change my life. And the next thing I know, I'm not sucking dick anymore. And I'm, I have a job and I'm like, okay, pause. You did that. God yeah. had nothing to do. You did that. You got tired of living that way. You made those changes. You made it happen. You put the belief and change in yourself and made that. Like, God hadn't. They interviewed this other guy, and he's talking about being a gambler. And he's like, I gambled my, all my fucking money away. I couldn't feed my family. I'm full of, And he's like, and then one day I got tired of it. And I asked the Lord to save me, and I changed my. Again. You did those things. If we, yeah. if humans would put as much belief and power and harness that energy that they're putting out into the fucking pews every Sunday and Wednesday and singing fucking songs together, if they would, yeah. if they would channel that energy inward and realize how powerful the subconscious mind is, how powerful the human brain is, and all of these things. Uh, we could be so we could go to fucking space with the money <laughs> that we're giving to quote unquote God.
God around the world on a weekly fucking basis. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, there's a donation button underneath here. You can hit that. <laughs> Smash that bell. Smash that subscribe button. Did you like that video? You might also like my other series. <laughs> Why aliens are real. Um, uh, you don't think there's any value in a totem, though? You don't think there's any value in, like, a symbol of, like... I think there is value. Here's the thing. Even though I am very anti-religious, I will never take it away from anybody. If you need religion like- to get get through your day, your week, your life, your, if you need that as – I look at it as, as a crutch. I, I know that's a shitty way to describe it. But if you need to lean on something, a higher power, something to believe in that gets you progress and gets you the results of you being a better person and having a better life, sure. Game on, dog. Do that. You know what I mean? But like don't come knocking at my fucking door wanting me to join you and don't also judge other people that aren't in your fucking little group. Well, I think the problem at that point becomes orthodox. It be orthodoxy. It becomes it becomes the rules that go along with this initial thing, right? Yeah. Like initially, if you even even let's say, let's say for the sake of discussion. Sure. Let's say that the Bible's real. Sure. Let's say that the Bible is a historical document. Let's say just and live in that logical world for a moment. Right. Right. Even if you go back and kind of read through the Bible, there are elements of like there's an ultimate good. Yes. And there's an ultimate bad. And everybody recognizes good and recognizes bad. Of course. You know, like a baby's born, a baby touches a hot plate, baby knows that's bad. You don't have to explain to the baby that that's bad. Baby immediately knows it's bad. Put the baby with its mother, give it some milk. Baby knows that's good. Like just it's the, we immediately as humans understand good and bad. Right. And then as we grow, we tend to start to develop a conceptualization of like better and worse. And then we start to, I think, about an idea of like best, right? Like the, the, the absolute best. And then I think because it's easier to take emotional shortcuts, right? Because a lot of the things that we, the, the things that we describe as, as instinct or, or uh, as natural are actually very learned behaviors, Oh, every, right. I, I we, would we say a lot things, of our, but yeah, we're constantly we're constantly learning things, right? Like, uh, I read a thing once. Some, it was like some the couch, of us are. <laughs> the couch is <laughs> the couch is the easiest way. To, like the idea of a couch is the easiest way, like metaphor to use. But like you, the first time you saw a couch, you're like a baby. What the fuck is this thing? I don't know. You see other people sitting on it. It's softer than the floor. You're like, okay, you understand. As your brain starts to develop, you realize that's a couch. Right. Every time you walk into a living room from that time uh, to the time that you die, you're going to look over and you're going to see it and go, that must be a couch. But that doesn't have to be a conscious thought process you have, right? Like once you know what a couch is, you know what all the couches are. Right. So your brain's constantly making these categorizations of pre-assumptions, presumptions, right? Where you're going, I know what that is. I've seen that thing before. I already know what it is. It allowed us to take an emotional and a psychological shortcut. You didn't have to actually look at that thing and dissect it. 
and then go, what is this thing? Right. And because you've already got, I've, I've, I've got a flash card on one of those in my brain. I've got a file folder here yep. that already exists with this thing. So what gets dangerous is when we start to do that with other human beings. Ah, right? We start yes. to go, we start to go like, I already, I already know what a Christian is. I've already got it in my folder. Right. Yeah, this, so I this goes what, into the I, idea of judging many are, by or, few. Or right, I already right. know what an atheist is. I already know what a liberal is. I already know what a conservative is, right? Because I've got that file folder there, and and I think ultimately what that kind of boils down to is that's that's ego, like ego being the thing that is going to save us from all that bullshit, right? That's like like that defense mechanism. We have these like defense mechanisms where are these these auto responses, right? right? Where somebody says something, someone says something about God, and your response is immediately, oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. These triggers, you know what I mean? Like, like so it's yeah. So we're triggered by certain words, and really, trigger has come to be like a bad term. Yeah, I'm not talking about triggered like oh you triggered snowflake. I mean like triggered as in like get fucking. But in reality, like, yeah, Yeah. we've got these like file folders for different things and a person looks a certain way or says certain things or identifies as certain things and you go, I've got a folder for that already. And you and I talked about this before. I think um, social media and Facebook and that kind of connection gives us that opportunity to build out our library. It gives us that opportunity to see a bunch of different types of people right. in a bunch of different scenarios with a bunch of different viewpoints and a bunch of different lifestyles mm-hmm. and a bunch of different personalities. It gives us that opportunity to do that. But when we've already been in the habit of taking these emotional shortcuts and these social media sites are making it so easy for us to only see the cookie cutters of us. Right. That's where we're 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 for we're choosing to forego the opportunity to expand our horizons. Right, you're auto in the in the interest of things. just hanging out with people who already look like us. Yes, and who already talk like us and who already think like us. Well, yeah, because the, and that's a fucking bummer. And I don't know what you do to fix that because I th- because I think it's our it's. You ever talk to those fucking whack jobs who are like? Technology peaked at some point, and we should have just stopped there. Yeah, and and here I think it all it's all rooted into fear. I think everything that you're talking about, this idea of expansion or idea of of being more diverse or learning more or like again, even this technology thing of like furthering technology, it, it's all stemmed from fear. Fear is the greatest emotion that we have. It's not hope. It's not love. It's not any of the other shit that you see on a fucking Hallmark card. Fear drives us because fear is based in survival, right? That goes all the way back to the caveman years. That's how we mm-hmm. have survived this long is that fear mm-hmm. is, oh, well, I touched that stove. It's hot. I better not touch it again. I'm scared of that fucking stove. You know, mm-hmm. it's fear uh, that, mm-hmm. that motivates us and it's rooted us. And so this idea of learning more about something that I already think I know about, why would I spend the time doing that? Because because I'm scared that I'm going to be wrong, that I'm going to be proven mm-hmm. wrong, right? That I don't mm-hmm. know what I think I know. I'm scared mm-hmm. of, of these other elements that go along with it. So instead of diving in and learning more and, and, and extending my catalog, as we were saying, then I'll mm-hmm. just go ahead and just check that off as, yep, that's a couch. 
<laughs> yep, I already, I already that's know a that's a couch. I already yep, seen a bunch a this, of those. That's a that. Yeah, and instead of diving mm-hmm. in more, and it, and and it does go into. I mean, that is how we get to ultimately in society. We get to the idea of judging uh, many by few, uh, mm-hmm. and we see that time and time again when historical events happen. Um, you know, with nine eleven and all those things. Like, unfortunately, you get this you this mixed bag of emotions and you get the fear laced into that, which dominates the other emotions. And so instead of learning about, uh, you know, what happened on nine 11, who was really behind it, what the country was like, the diversity there, mm-hmm. the religions, the people, the, this, the, that we just, instead we just fucking egg the seven 11 because the fucking, the guy running, it looks like the guy that we were told was in right. the plane and all that. And it's like, well, that's right. ignorance and that's fear. Right. And when those two right. breed, you have things happen and play out in terrible fucking ways. And that's how you get war right. and all the other shit. Um, mm-hmm. a lot, I mean, we're seeing it unfold right now at the Capitol last week, which that's fear. That's not power. Mm-hmm. That's not strength. That's not any of those right. other emotions. That is fear. They are yeah. scared that the election was stolen from them. They were scared that Biden's going to come in and take their guns or whatever the fuck. They're scared of this vaccine. They're scared of a lockdown. Yeah. They're, they're scared that these beliefs that they have are getting ripped away from them. And so it, it becomes fight or flight. And right. unfortunately, you're talking to uh, a group of people who are who, who, who would rather choose fight. <laughs> you know, instead of just being like, ah, oh, man, we lost this one. They're like, fuck that. We didn't lose. Here's my gun. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, all, all right, I'm also I'm also interested. What I would like to hear. And I, I haven't seen this yet. I haven't seen anybody talk about it. What percentage of people that were there actually went into the Capitol? Uh, I'm not sure about. That. I honestly don't know. I I don't know. It could have been like uh, it could have been like ten, and it could have been a hundred, and it could have been a thousand. I have no idea. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are happening in that. I don't know. You, how you many and I need to talk about this in. more because there's more and more stuff developing, and I would love to dive yeah. into it. Uh, yeah. uh, and it's, there's so much I want to talk about that, and I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I want that. I want that fucking, oh, that's like chocolate cake to me, dude. I'm learning so much about that right now. And every day we're learning more and more. Like there's just new cake being put out. And I'm like, well, fucking this cake was better than the last piece. And so I'm like, yeah, I want to share this cake with you, but it ain't done yet. I'm going to fuck this piece of cake right now. I will say this. The only thing I will say about it, which I think is fucking insane to me to wrap my head around. Um, so the people that stormed the Capitol, uh-huh. they brought noose stations there, like hanging stations, because they, and this is, <laughs> they found this in multiple Facebook chat groups and, and in QAnon, people believe this as well, is that they were counting on a mass hanging and that Donald Trump was going to bring out all the child predators like Biden and AOC and Pelosi and Hillary right. Clinton, mm-hmm. all these people who, Ellen. yeah, who have, <laughs> who, you know, again, like pedophile Batman was going to bring all of uh-huh. them to justice right. and they yeah. were going to have a mass hanging on the white, on the, on the fucking, uh, on the fucking Capitol lawn. And, and 
once Mike Pence did not overturn the election like they were also told he was going to, they were promised this. Uh, they started chanting, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike okay. Pence. And I tweeted out, finally, something we can agree on. But uh, here's the thing. <laughs> they were singing, hang Mike Pence, all this. And then Congress was like, hey, we should impeach this guy. And Mike Pence went, nah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we should do that. If, if my boss brought a bunch of people to my work, and they set up a noose, and they were hang, and they were screaming, "Hang Michael Malone!" And I knew my boss invited those people to do that. And then HR came to me and were like, "Hey, do you want to get rid of your boss? What the fuck are you doing? What's this weird like bro pass? Like, nah." <laughs> I I always yeah, my my first thought when I think about Mike Pence and all this is is has he not seen uh has he not seen House of Cards? Has he not no. seen that that was his chance? It's R rated. That He's was not your chance. See anything. <laughs> that mother won't let me watch. Mother won't let that, me watch. That was your chance, bro. You just they came to you and they were like, "Do you want to be the president now?" And he was like, "Oh, no, I better not. I better we wouldn't not. Wanna, we wouldn't oh, want to make shucks. We wouldn't want to make uh we wouldn't want to make uh uh Mr. Pre- President uh Sir uh Mr. uh we wouldn't want to make him mad. You know what I'm saying? Uh yeah. You, are you serious? You you could just be the president right now. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't riddle, riddle, riddle me this. Why did you get into politics? Well, I I thought that I could you know and help the the Lord and and uh and Mother and, Mother and I thought maybe someday I could I could maybe be be the president. You wanted to be the president. Well, yeah, of course I did. We're asking you if you will you be the president right now. We're just asking you. You all you have to do sign your fucking name. You're the president. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Jesus Christ, we can't win with this fucking guy. We're gonna have well, to. Shucks, I, I want to earn it honestly. <laughs> I want to. You know, I want to. I want a fair shot at being the president. Have you seen the meme that is the uh, that is just the farmer and he's got like his John Deere hat on and turned. <laughs> it just says, uh, "It ain't much, but it's honest." No. And it's just like it's a just you know a thing when you would want to say it ain't much but it's yeah, honest yeah. and you you know that that's your meme. Yeah. Somebody, somebody switched them and said uh, politicians be like, and then it just said it ain't honest but it's much. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking great. It ain't honest but it's much. <laughs> okay. Back to the regular scheduled programming. Back to death again. Yes. So here's Jesus, here's my question, okay? We're going to turn this podcast into being about death like you turned your comedy and your <laughs> book into being about death. I didn't sign up for that, God damn it! <laughs> Listen to me. I don't know a thing about death. This is where science comes in. Oh, science is here to <laughs> save the day. Science. <laughs> all right. So all of these people were talking about being... That was the sound of a bubbling beaker, by the way. <laughs> Not a bong. <laughs> Not a bong. So... All these people who were talking about uh, being dead and coming back and and, uh, and not being bitter about it, surprisingly. Um, here's what I, I here's what I want to ask: uh, What is consciousness, and when does its 
separate from you. And and specifically in the instance of this space age idea of freezing people, right? This idea, because uh, my girlfriend and I talked about this, uh, when, you know, supposedly Walt Disney's fucking frozen himself. Um, so these people that think Dude, like... That's one of my favorite Family Guy one-offs where they... <laughs> Uh, it's the worst than that time they thawed Walt Disney. Oh. And he just leans up and goes, are the Jews gone yet? And they go, no. And he goes, put me back under. And <laughs> so this idea of like, right, this this futuristic idea of like, okay, let's say we, we do have that technology. Let's say that you, yeah. can, you can get in a frozen pod. Um, so 100 years from now, when you're unfrozen, much like these people that have died briefly mm-hmm. – and mm. their consciousness has found their way back to their brain and to their body. Does that work the same way? If you were to unfreeze these people 100 years or 200 years later, will your consciousness find its way back to your brain and body? Or is it connected physically to your brain so it'll be frozen? Or, multiple choice here, number C, uh, do you die of hypothermia or getting frozen and you freeze to fucking death and you just die and your fucking conscience goes away and you cannot be brought back? Um, Science. I'm going to, I'm going to take this away that I don't think you thought I was going to take it. Ah, oh, fuck. All right. Um, I think the speed at which you float away <laughs> is directly proportional to how accurate or to how likely it is that someone might be able to bring you back, right? So back before before bringing people back was a possibility, you would die and you would just whoosh, straight to heaven. Right? You're saying technology has altered the way that souls are then, getting the yes, fuck out? Yes, uh, yes. And so... And, <laughs> well, I guess you don't hear about so, new ghosts a whole lot. When they, They're right, always old when they ghosts. In, when they invented the... the, the, the yeah. What's it called? An EKG? Not an EKG. Not what an EKG. Is, what, is what are those things? Uh, oh, oh, man. What are, are those? I'm too high. Paddles. Anyway. Paddles. Before they, when they invented the paddles, then they had to slow down that speed a little bit because they had to make it possible for you to be like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm going back now because like, they got the ch- the chunks yeah. brought me back. Well, now that they've got like adrenaline that they can shoot into your heart and they can do all that, so they had to slow it way down. Then when they invented cryogenically freezing, they, dude, it's a it's a crawl. It's a crawl at this point. So like I think 100 years after when you died, you're like 10 feet above that point on the ground going, Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ. What is so, I mean, it's warm. It's comfortable. I feel all-encompassing love. But what the fuck? This is so slow. So you finally a million years from now, you get up to heaven and God's like, hey, the only reason you made it here is because they outlawed cryogenics. Like you're you're finally you're able to you're (laughs) we had to keep you down there just in case someone like someone thawed themselves and you had to be sucked back down. So you're saying that if you are frozen then you are truly frozen so your soul would also be frozen in this weird in between of like not Soul's dead but not alive but just barely there yeah yeah just hanging out there. but you wouldn't yeah. know what time would be right so you have no idea you wouldn't been... have any conceptualization yeah. of time now, now when that's you interesting. get back when you get back depending on how long it's been mm-hmm. i can't imagine did you ever watch twin peaks 
I watched Seventeen again, and that's kind of <laughs> what we're talking about, right? Yeah, it's just a just a below the new episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> they were barely able to beat out 17 again in the state of Indiana. Well, think about it. He's 40 um, and then he's 17 again. Like, that's kind of like being dead for 100 years and then you're being brought back. It's, kind, it's pretty much the same. You're 17 thing. again. I can't imagine. So in, 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 uh, in Twin Peaks, there's this idea that, like, you, you, you like you go to the Black Lodge, and the Black Lodge, like time doesn't really exist there, and you're like, right. it's the fucking weird place. It's like Black Twitter. You, may, you can like make. It. <laughs> I'll tell you, time doesn't make sense on Black Twitter. It you doesn't. can just fall down at Black Twitter or have a hole. Oh man! Oh my god! Days, days go by. Just <laughs> the snapbacks. That's what's get you. I, I don't. I don't know a lot of things. Um. <laughs> Uh, about race relations, but I do know that black people are beating the hell out of us whites on Twitter oh, right now. I, they're, I, just, they're great at it, and we're just so amateur. I asked we're if, just if bad Trump got, Although our youngsters are kind of trying to make up for how bad the rest of us are. I asked if Trump got banned from black Twitter as well. <laughs> uh, Wouldn't that be great if somebody, if somebody came out and... Let us know. <laughs> nope, he's still here. Ah, he's still here, dog. He's still here. He's still Trump with three dollar signs after it. It's fucking. Oh, gotta, it's gonna be at least an, a century before we get the we get the benefit of the Trump ban that y'all got the benefit of. <laughs> he's it's only three fourths banned here. He's still able to retweet. He can't. He can't really speak his mind, but he can retweet. Remember that time he retweeted like that that one like fan fiction author oh whose name God. was like Cat Who Poops or something. <laughs> he like retweeted. I was like, all right, yeah. Uh, whoever had had a uh, Trump retweeting Cat Poop by the end of his first <laughs> term on their bingo card, uh, you win. So here's what I think ultimately happens to us. Here's what I think happens after you die. After. You die. I think eventually, and I would say in the next 10 to 15 years, I think that you and I will see this in our time. I don't think it would be perfected, but I think you and I will see the beginnings of this in our time. I think that we'll all just live on a fucking hard drive at one point. I think we'll all... Like vanilla sky and that shit? Yeah, I think, well, with this technology that Elon Musk is doing, what's that called? The, the Neuralink... Um, the little chip he space wants to put force. behind your ear. <laughs> yes, space force. He wants to put a little chip behind your ear, and then you never have to Google anything or pay for anything or do it. And like you, this little chip will just like be a computer in your fucking head, and uh, and you'll just like you'll be half fucking computer, right? And uh, speaking of being three fourths banned, I think you're a three fourths of a QAnon right now. <laughs> no, with these. no, I've heard Elon Musk talk about this technology, about how he's mainly doing it to see what he's testing right now. This is a few months ago, but what he was testing back then was trying to reverse things that are are things that get crossed signals that get crossed in our brain, right? So, like if you're dyslexic, mm -hmm. if you're blind, if you're deaf, like. Right, you know these things you get these these wires that get crossed. He's wondering if he can put this chip inside you that wires to your fucking brain and will fix that fucking wiring. And he's been mm. able to do it a few times with people that have been dyslexic or this. He's been able to 
uh, rewire people's brains in a weird way and this and that. But he like obviously there's still a lot of testing that gets involved and blah blah blah. So it's still like a what he's talking about is at least a five year path right now before it gets even to the you know ultimate testing phase of like thousands right. of people or whatever. Um, so, but he was saying in the next five to 10 years that Neuralink will be an option. At least he's hoping so. And this is a guy who built a fucking rocket that parks itself. Like, come on. I believe him. (laughs) You build a fucking rocket that goes to space and then parallel parks on earth. Yeah. But you got to make it all the way to Mars before there's a charging station. Like you can't, you can't just pull over. There's a stop on Jupiter. Then there's a third moon on Saturn, then on Mars. Uh, Jesus Christ, when I bought this thing, I didn't think it was going to be such a chore to find a charging a station. It's <laughs> So anyway, side note, can we just is just a little side note. We can talk about it later, but I do want to mention this. This is how overwhelmed we are with historical events right now. The CIA just released all the documents they have on aliens, every fucking yeah. piece of information, like two days ago. And nobody, like, everybody's like, yeah, not now. Nobody gives Nobody a gives a fuck, which is mind-blowing. Anyways, yeah. yeah, back on track. I think that we will all be living in a fucking Google Drive folder at one point in our lives. We will see that where we can just choose this virtual reality setting where everything will feel and look like it does now, right? The simulation, right? Will be we'll, think about how advanced video games and all that shit is right now. Mm-hmm. Think about it now in ten years, twenty years, we'll be able to feel and look everything real. And I think that our society will operate a lot like it does now, only in this virtual world. So your money in this virtual world will go towards upgrades, like you do. For instance, in a fucking video game, like uh, Maddie plays Fortnite and I play Fortnite too, but she's always wanting to like buy new outfits and get new axe upgrades and all this shit. But that yeah. takes V-Bucks, which is like their mm. little tokens or whatever. So I think in the world that we are headed to, this virtual reality space, this cloud that we'll all live in, I think it'll work very similar to that where it's like, oh, you want a uh, fucking six-pack abs? Well, those are 20 tokens a month. And that'll work as your gym membership. Now, you'll never have to go to the gym, but you'll pay 20 tokens a month, and that'll act as your gym membership, and you'll have you'll get to choose your muscle definition. And then for, like, 35 tokens a month, you'll get a fucking, you know, Tesla in your garage or whatever the fuck. Like, if you want this certain outfit, it's 10 tokens and this and, and so on and so forth. And you'll be able to choose... Your own adventure lifestyle, much like you do video games. Like, oh, you want to be an explorer? Great. For, you know, you'll choose the explorer pack. You want to be an artist? Here's an artist pack, blah, blah, blah. So I think it'll work like The Sims when they finally upgrade our fucking uh, uh, minds to this this cloud network. Uh, Fair, but I think it's going to be too expensive for normal people to do. So I think what will end up happening is that rich people will figure out a way to exploit that. Oh, yeah. And make it so, you know, like basically they would probably use your brain circuitry. Right. As they would have to be able to monetize that somehow. And so you'd basically be being like, "Hey, I can I I will uh, when I die, I will upload to your server." Yeah. And you'll be able to get something out of me. 
I'm talking uh, about before you die. And simultaneously, what I'm getting is, I'm talking oh, about society moving. You, you think we're Matrix? You think we're Matrixing? Where we're going to be alive? Like, yes. So yes. you don't think this is a thing that happens once you die? No, I upload yourself to the neural. Think link. this is a service that would be readily available whenever you want. So I think eventually once they get everything worked out and blah, 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 like I think eventually you'll just be able to choose like, all right. I love that summation. Well, see, scientifically speaking, eventually they're going to get everything figured out and blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> I'm talking years and years of. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think it'll start as a, I think, I think what's going to happen is it's going to start as a Neuralink thing, right? Mm-hmm this idea that Elon Musk is pushing already. And I think how you hook people um, is is with their memories. Like, I would pay a lot of money if I could access, if I could relive and access memories in my in my head. I would pay a lot of money for that. And I know I can't be the only one. So... Uh, nostalgia again is like one of the highest marketable things out there. That's how we get, you know, when it comes to commercials and stuff like that, nostalgia is pretty fucking up there. Um, Mm -hmm. it's pushed to us a lot. And so I think that they're going to use that to kind of reel us into the idea of like, Hey, wouldn't you like to see fucking grandma again? And, uh, and then more and more people will sign up for that. And then eventually it'll move on to this idea of living completely virtual. And I think what comes first is the idea of after you die, you can live on the server and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And then I think after that step, more and more people are going to just want to live on a server. And so that will fast track us into like, well, how do I just get on that fucking server? I, w- I want to do yeah. it now. I don't want to live in this dystopia or whatever the fuck Earth looks like and when it's too hot to go outside and all that shit. I don't like, want to live in this Mars space station. Yeah, I don't want to fucking live in this dome anymore. Like, how do I get on that fucking server? And I think by then, that's what we're talking about. So my question comes back to consciousness. What the fuck is it? And how or when does it leave us? I was actually talking to McComas when I talked to him the other the other day, and he was talking about how he's you know in his previous line of work has seen people die, like he right. watched someone like watched someone die, and he talked about how like it it he said that, that it feels like there's a moment when something leaves, like it feels like you watch someone something leaves, yeah, like it goes from it goes from looking like an animate object. To looking like a lump of meat, like a pile of meat, like something happens at that point of death. Yeah. Um. But I, I wonder because if we set aside the idea that there's a soul, right? Right. And then, then what we have is it's kind of like the scientific explanation for soul, right? It's my favorite thing about science. You know, like like religious people are like, well, you have a soul, and that's different from your brain. Right. And science like, no, you don't, you idiot. 
you have a conscience. And we're like, what's a conscience? And science is like, a soul. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like a soul, but like more sciencey than that. <laughs> yeah. So I think like it all just has to be some kind of combination of the ingredients that you were born with plus the experiences that you had um, plus your surroundings have to create this perfect storm of person. Now, we know that the brain is able to contain information. Right. And if we were to readily be able to pull all of that information, every single bit of it out, and then drop it onto a computer program or drop it into a an application or drop it into an algorithm of some kind, and that we're able to take all of that information in there, then then I think that's what your conscience your consciousness would be is that that bulk accumulation of experience and uh, run through the filter of your exact genetic makeup. Yeah. Right. Because I think there has to be some kind of element there. Like it can't be all nature, but it also can't be all nurture. It has to be some combination of the two. Right. You have to have this genetic makeup and then there have to be all these experiences that happen to you and these locations that you were and all in the time that you were born and all these, all these things um, all get sprinkled on there. And then if there was a computer that was able to pull all that cumulative knowledge, then that would be your conscience. But So I think we kind of know what a conscience is. We just have no idea how to actually access it. Yeah. Because well, they can tell you that, like, there's <clears throat> electronic impulses and that there are things being stored in your brain and we can estimate how much one fold of a brain can can hold in terms of gigs. You know, like we can, yeah. you've seen those things where like the human brain contains blah, 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 or whatever capacity. Like they kind of have an estimation as to how much information is in there. But there's no, there's currently no way to grab it all. And I think that all of it, that is what conscience, consciousness is. It has to be. If we're in a strictly scientific scenario because i don't think you can scientifically be like yeah it's your soul right yeah you got all that information in your brain but also your soul like and it wanders about uh it's got to be i think when people talk about on people have all like these similar dmt trips where they're like you know i go i go to this i go to this place and i and I talk with these beings and I feel this like, uh, you know, ultimate comfort and all these things. And then they're like, they come back from there and then you hear people who have died and their stories are the same. Yeah. And you're like, well, perhaps that plane is accessible, but then you're into this like whole, that's not science anymore. That's, <laughs> yeah. and I guess, I guess what you might say rather than that's not science anymore is you could say that's not science yet. Because if it does exist, then it can be scientifically understood. Yeah, I was watching a, a guy talk about right. These. There was a time where someone was like uh, flying humans flying in an airplane. That's bullshit. That's 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 fiction. That doesn't. That's not real. Yeah, it's not. You can't scientifically fly because science at that point didn't know how to do it. So it was like fiction, and then eventually we got there. So I think. It's not science yet. 
There was a guy talking about, uh, I, I love that you brought up the different planes of consciousness. Uh, this guy was talking about in this interview about accessing the different planes that we can access when we dream. And mm-hmm. he was talking about uh, there's like three different levels and one is, you know, spiritual and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And he was talking about how your brain will, I mean, your brain's always working. Your subconscious is always working, uh, even when you sleep. And he was talking about how you access these these different planes and what they look like and what they feel like. And he was actually showing, they showed on the video these different images of places that were like, okay, if you've ever seen these images in your dream, this is actually the first plane and blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. he's talking about what that is. And he's like, the second plane is, this is where, this is the spiritual level and this is where you'll see this or that or family members and blah, 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 have passed on. And, and he was talking about that plane, how it elevates and, and he, or, or operates. And he said that uh, uh, in that plane, which I thought was interesting, he goes, if you find yourself driving or you see a highway or you see lights from a road or whatever and they're blue, um, you're in that second plane. And he's like, that's where a lot of us spend our time dreaming is is in this this second level. And then he talks about this third level, which is really hard to reach, but you can through meditation and all this. But that's where he's talking about that what you were kind of discussing, this DMT idea where you're talking to other mm-hmm. beings and, mm-hmm. and, and feeling that warmth and that light and all that stuff. He was talking about that being the third level uh, that you can access, which I thought was fascinating. Because we forget, like, <clears throat> I read this great book a few years ago, and I've since reread it, I think, uh, two other times, um, about the power of your subconscious mind and how, I mean, it goes into that, uh, I mean, the, the shorthand self-care answer is we are the stories we tell ourselves. But mm-hmm. that is so fucking true. Um, yeah. That's how your subconscious works. And so if you are trying to fix things, uh, about yourself or get better about things or feeling differently about things. You want to tell yourself this and meditate before you go to sleep. And that way, when you sleep, your subconscious will work on that. There's tons yeah. of reports of people that um, have actually practiced instruments in their sleep or have learned other languages while they sleep, stuff like that, where they will meditate and repeat to themselves that they want to learn, you know, let's say piano or they want to be a better mm-hmm. piano player. They'll, you know, they'll, right. they'll do that. They'll meditate on that. And then in their sleep, they'll actually, their subconscious will be working on learning the piano and how to play it and notes and songs and putting that together. Yeah. And then day by day, they're like, they just fast forward. They're like fucking yeah. incredible piano because they're like, yeah, I've been working on it for fucking eight hours when I sleep and, yeah. you know, five yeah. hours when I'm awake. Um, so it's just interesting to to dive into what what is the mind and the body and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And I look at mm-hmm. it almost like a machine. And I think that the consciousness is the thing that runs the machine. And I think mm-hmm. that the body and the mind are great tools, but they're not actually the thing. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that's why I have such a firm believer in this idea of what's next for us and this idea of living in a cloud or on a server somewhere. I think you can detach the thing that's running the machine from the machine 
and drop it into a different machine <laughs> yeah, and yeah. fucking run it. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's where all the science fiction comes with robots, too, that, like, uh, you know, attack each other or attack people. It's like, yeah, they grew a conscious. They they, they became aware. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's right. the horrifying thing. So imagine if, like, you could take your consciousness and then drop it into a fucking robot that is indestructible, will never rust, will never die, will never get, you know, can go to right. war, can do this or mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah. uh, imagine what we can do with technology down the fucking road once we yeah. are able to detach ourselves from this machine have you i think we should do a thing to share and that kind of translates directly into mine yeah um uh spend some time just exploring the idea of what 5g is capable of it's fascinating well it's in the vaccine think like uh <laughs> <laughs> It's capable of kicking COVID's ass. Yeah, is what it's it. capable. Um, but just lo- lo- kind of look at some of the uh, possible speeds that five G okay. could be capable of, and uh, look at like how much faster it is than the phones and the data service that we have currently available. Like the end result, like the the you know, it always takes us a little while to catch up to the technology right. in terms of application, right? The technology's there. Like a PS4 existed for like three years before people started making games that really like right. used it to its its potential, you know? Same kind of thing. So just kind of look into some of the ideas about what 5G is capable of. And then think about that with respect to what you think is inevitable in the next couple of years, whatever that is. You might be like, well, you know, the environment's going to, gonna, you know, the, the polar ice cap's going to melt and we're all going to drown. Or uh, the entirety of North America is going to burst into flames the way that California tends to. Or whatever the fuck. Like right. whatever you think is inevitable, kind of just look into what's possible in the next like five to 10 years and think about how fast the amount of human knowledge is growing. Like we've gotten to a point where we're doubling the amount of human knowledge, like every eight minutes or something like that. Right. And then run that through that filter of like, well, these are the things that I feel like are inevitable or going to happen. This is going to happen in the future. We're going to run out of space. We're going to run out of oil. We're going to run out of whatever. And then just kind of think about, well, honestly, those are all things that I can't have any idea about <laughs> right. because there's no way that I would if, – if I picked you up right now and dropped you back in 2003 that you'd be like, oh, yeah, I bet a phone will be able to do this by 2020. Right. I bet. You know what I'm saying? There's There's no way. So just think about like a lot of what you're talking about, but like think about the technology and I use 5G as kind of like a symbol. Like, just look into what 5G is capable of. Like, like smart roads, where the road is now the sign and the speed limit and right. the cop and the everything. Like, that are, cap- that are possible just because of the speed at which 5G um, waves can work. And then think about, like, what do I think is inevitable? And, you're, and you, you'll realize... Nothing's inevitable. There's, there's, I have, there's no way to know. There's no way to be worried about something that, that that's that far in the future. Like what happens after five G? What happens after you five G? <laughs> the thing I want to share is not as serious. 
Yeah. But it's related. Okay. We watched the movie Soul on Disney+. Plus. Ah, I've not heard a bad review it's yet. It's so good. It's so well done. I was so impressed by it. I went into it not, you know, like knowing really, but, you know, whatever. It blew me a fucking way, dude. It's so good. It talks about some of the stuff we talk about, this higher learning, this, you know, a lot of what ifs. Um, and you, you come out of it really with a new appreciation for your own life. It's really, really strong. I, like I said, I've not heard one bad review, and I've wanted to watch it. It's so. really good. So I'm excited to do that. All right, man. It'll be on my list. All right, buddy. Love you, buddy. Love you. Bye. Talk to you later, buddy. <laughs>Hey, what's up? It's Ryan. I appreciate you listening in on our phone calls, you beautiful weirdo. If you would, follow us on Twitter at SpeakerphonePod. That's at S-P-E-A-K-E-R-P-H-O-N-E-P-O-D. SpeakerphonePod. We're going to be sharing links to the stuff we reference and other things we find funny, and we'd love you to join the conversation. In the meantime, if you're looking for more high-quality content, check out 4D Podcast Network. They were kind enough to invite us into their family, and we think you'll dig the rest of the roster. Appreciate you.